Hello and welcome to Babes in Tool Land, a podcast where we talk to women who do stuff about what it is they do and the tools that they use to do it. Uh, I am Hot Plate Georgia, aka Sarah Mersick. Um, I sell my artwork online and in person as Angry Owl Studio. Most of my art is pretty goofy, um, based on bad puns, good music, good music, and uh, early 20th century advertising. And um, I do a lot of different stuff, and you can check me out online. My name is Sarah Marks, uh, also known as Zeppo Marks. I have uh, lived in Atlanta most of my life, and I started my first cash business as an artist when I was nine years old. I currently have uh, a company called Third Half Studios, which has an online presence, thirdhalfstudios.com. My art is continually described as quirky. Uh, I have some dark themes, but it's also terribly, terribly darling. And uh, I think that's it. Move to you. I am Laura Sisoko. I am a woodworker and sawmill operator. I am not from Atlanta originally, like most of us nowadays. I came here when I was about 16, dragged, kicking and screaming, when my mom got a job at the CDC. You can find me online at ateliercisoco.com. And we are your hosts. Uh, normally, we would have another guest with us who we could interview and find out about all of the wonderful things they do. But since this is our inaugural podcast, we thought we would just take the time to introduce you to us and get a little more in-depth into who we are, who are the babes, why, why, why do you want to listen to us? And the tools. And the tools, yeah. Because we really do enjoy our tools. I really do. Yeah. Yeah, Maybe. this started with just the word babes in tool land. Yeah. <laughs> and <laughs> it just popped into my head. Because we are a bunch of, like, every woman I know is adept at using tools and is an expert at using tools. And all of us use different tools that the others don't use. So my primary tool is a CNC machine. And I just want to know what other people do and how they do it. Because yeah. I'm just endlessly curious. Yeah, that's that's how this whole thing started is Laura texted Sarah and I. There are two Sarahs, just in case you're wondering if you heard that correctly. Um, Sarah Mersick, Sarah Marks. Hello. We are two different people, not just one person using two voices to confuse you. Um, and this is where my genius idea comes into play. Okay, Laura has a okay, genius idea. Okay, you ready? Yes. Sarah. <laughs> As they both collapse into laughter. So, we have a Sarah, S-A-R-A, and we have a Sarah, S-A-R-A-H. You see how they're completely different. Yeah, totally. <laughs> on, the on the radio, it really yeah. stands really out. Yeah. So, we have a Sa, and we got a Ra. No? I'm Ra. We're not my Ra. Yeah. I, I just, I, I don't know, I, I'm comfortable with being an Egyptian god. Yeah, I was going to say, I, I would, like, want to decorate you. With you know eyes and hieroglyphics. Let's save that for our special time. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> um, 
yeah, no, hopefully it won't be too confusing. If it is, we'll, we'll figure out we'll something. Figure it out. So well, um, what was the first tool you, you ever used? So my parents are DIYers, always working on their houses and stuff. So I'm sure my first actual tool was something like a screwdriver or, yeah. or a typical construction tool. Yep. And I'd say my first go around at, you know, hardcore specialized tools is when I had to install because my family are DIYers and believe in putting your children to work. I installed the kitchen floor of awesome. our family home. And so I used one of those hammer nail guns. Oh, I the love swing those ones things. For the, yes. You those swing a hammer to shoot the nail. They're so okay. satisfying. Yeah. So in case you haven't used one of these, it's a pneumatic contraption. That means it is powered by compressed air. And um, it's set at an angle so you can like just line the thing up to the edge of the floorboard. And then there's a big plunger on the end of it. And you whack the plunger with your hammer and it sets off the pneumatic blast that drives the nail in at the right angle to keep the floorboard on the floor without leaving nail heads up where you will step on them. And they are really loud and really satisfying because it's like a really solid like cuff whack. And, and you. Yeah, you know you, you did know something. You've done some Pneumatics are always fun yeah. to you know, me. Um, my... You may not know this about me. My uh, great, my great great grandfather invented the pneumatic drill. Oh Whoa! my god! He, Why didn't you tell us this? Um, and he sold it for seventy five dollars. No. But my dad used to tell me stories about him and his brother climbing on the pneumatic drill because it was the size of like two refrigerators. Huh. Yeah. Oh, that's crazy. Yeah. And that's what they use in all of like. The race cars and mechanic shops. And, yeah. Wow. Yeah. Yeah. If you watch movies or whatever where, like, the guys are changing tires for a racing pit and it goes, Wing! that is the pneumatic drill. They are very loud. They are very loud. It's I, a weird byproduct. I did not. My parents, well, I take it back. My mother was very self-sufficient and she was, she had a bit of a survivalist streak in her. Um, but also she came from people who lived in um, rural Nevada. And so, you know, they and went... And this is Depression era, too. Yes, yeah, yeah. Depression era. Um, so, you know, when they went out, when they were like, I'm going to go get dinner, they went out and shot something. <laughs> so... Um, like you do. Yeah, like you do. Like, all, of my, all of my mother's side of my relatives, they're all, like, holding game for... <laughs> like milking a cow or they've got buckets or tools or whatever. Her, her father was a plumber. They were all plumbers. Um, and uh, there's pictures of them, you know, like turn of the century, last century pictures of them holding tools like when they're three, which is hilarious. Um, and my sister-in-law, when she uh, came to dinner for the very first time to be introduced to my family, she and my brother weren't um, engaged yet. They'd just been dating a while. And, she said that my father was in the kitchen singing Don Giovanni and my mother and I were in the backyard pouring concrete footings, which was true. Yeah. <laughs> so. You know, I, I dated a guy when I was like 20, 21. Um, and he was, he was very pretty. Um, I kind of hope he never listens to this. 
but he was very pretty and like kind of goth and and I was not prepared for the first time I went over to his house and his father was butchering a deer on the kitchen counter. Wow. It was that's a big job. That's my yeah. family. So we have hunters at at so at our current shop, my brother goes hunting every every winter and I will walk out into our warehouse into our open overhang and see just multiple deer just yeah. hanging there gutted waiting to be processed. Yeah. His dad was also a champion turkey caller and um as our relationship progressed, I would stay at his house because, you know, technically we were adults, even though he was still living at his parents' house. Um, and his father would practice turkey calling before he went to work at like seven o'clock in the morning, oh, which the first time you wake up to a turkey call, I don't even have the words for how weird that is. <laughs> <laughs> now, is it? He used a turkey call, like the tool a turkey call, yeah. which is like a whistle. Or yeah. was he practicing his own turkey call? Like people can do duck calls on their own. And right. can he do a natural turkey call? I don't know, since I was always asleep. I do okay. know that he had turkey call whistles. Um, okay. And in fact, I, re I think I remember hearing that uh, he used to have metal whistles and gave himself lead poisoning from using one so much that was lead, and that's when he switched to wood. So, oddly, I know about turkey calls. Okay. Because I have ever killed a turkey in my life, but we sell ebony at okay. our shop, and so that's the preferred wood for turkey calls oh. because it's such a hard wood. I had no and idea. And so that makes sense that they used to be metal. Does yeah. it have to do with the like, reverberation yes. of the wood? Yes, and so it has to be made from... And the hardest, quote-unquote, available wood is ebony. Yes, it is very dense. It does not float. Oh, yeah. What? So when you started using tools, what was, was it due to your parents, or what was your influence? Um, I just like doing stuff. Like, I, I, I try to think back, and I've always liked using my hands to do stuff. Um, the first time I remember... My mother was installing a, a huge desk in her bedroom, and it was actually like a section of countertop like you would buy at the hardware store um, that they put legs on because she was writing her thesis. Um, excuse me. And she needed a, a working area. Um, and so my stepdad at the time uh, let me screw some of the legs in and that was like the first time I remember doing something tooly. Um, and I think my first power tool was a disc sander because I remember taking a wood shop class when I was like 12-ish. Um, and the first thing we did was make yo-yos and so he taught us how to use the, the disc sander to make a circle out of a chunk of wood. Cool. Yeah. It was really a wobbly circle. but And yeah. I probably could have killed a man with that yo-yo. Probably. Yeah. Do you still have it? No. Oh, it's too bad. Yeah. You know, my mother used to give us tools to play with when we were very small. Ooh. And the reason I know that is because she used to tell the story of giving my brother... 
a screwdriver to beat pots and pans with. So okay. he was he was two and a half years old. She gave him a screwdriver to beat pots and pans with, and she left the kitchen for a few minutes and came back, and he had disassembled the dishwasher. Oh, my oh God. Oh, my God. <laughs> All right. Was, was this your brother who turned into a mechanic? No, oddly enough, it was the other one. Okay. I, I could have seen that going either way. Yeah. Um, yeah, I... I I was in band as a young person, and uh, I remember taking apart my metronome to figure out how it worked, and then being able to put it back together, and it still worked. That nice. was that was the that was the kicker there. As so I was like, I'm gonna take this apart and look at it. And I was like, Oh shit, I still need to use this, and now I have a pile of weird things. Um, okay, let's make it go. How did? <laughs> I'll retrace my steps. Reverse engineering is so powerful. Yeah. Well, so how, when did you like do a first, do you remember like the first project you did by yourself? Artistically, I had always been, you know, a doodler and a drawer and that kind of thing. But I also had a middle school wood shop class and, uh, most interesting thing about that is that my teacher was missing a finger. So if you ever needed real world lessons, yeah, that having a middle school shop teacher who is missing digits is a good one to keep you, yeah, keep you OSHA compliant at <laughs> at the workshop. Yeah, I always took shop classes. Uh, if I if there was the choice between shop and home ec, I always took shop classes. Because I like messing with stuff. They wouldn't, I wouldn't, I couldn't take shop. I wanted to take shop. I tried to take shop, but they wouldn't let me. So. For what reasons? <laughs> what BS crap. It was. It the was, 70s. I, well, I had the, I had the rep of being a little nutty um, that followed me through my entire school career. And so, you know, I didn't take science classes because they were sending me to counselor where they made me talk to monkey, monkey puppets, which is true. <laughs> they made me talk to monkey puppets instead of taking science. I will be bitter about that for the rest of my days. Um, but when I got into high school, um, I had a similar situation. And because I didn't have any basic safety science to back up, they said yeah, I couldn't take it. Um, so, Oh, like lab exactly. safety classes. Yes. Um, they were like, because I had zero experience. Because I was not allowed to take any science classes because I had to talk to monkey puppets. I could not use a bandsaw. So I shake my fist at them. I know. Because you do okay. not need a science class to use a bandsaw. Thank you. I write well, I think they were just looking for excuse. Yeah. Uh, most of the coaches ran uh, yeah. the the things like that and uh, A, they were not particularly excited about girls being in the shop class anyway. Yeah. And B, they sure didn't like me. So yeah. So, uh, yes, partially my fault, but uh, actually it was not at all your fault. So <laughs> no. let's, let's stop that right there. I was, yeah. You I were a child. I was a child. And you were a curious child and they are killing your curiosity. Right. So. Yeah. But, but also I will, I, I will absolutely cop to being a disruptive influence in school. I'd dump the paper punch into the air conditioner so it would snow exactly at 2.30. I, you know, I did stuff like that. That sounds like a good time. It really was. (laughs) I made everybody happy. (laughs) Right? Like, I mean. 
when when you were young, did you perhaps have a, a class assignment to draw a picture about your favorite holiday? <laughs> and okay. if you can't tell, I have heard this story before. She's heard the story so and many I times. I love it. <laughs> it is. It is the really. It's the pivotal moment of my uh, school career. Just going downhill. <clears throat> I was this little toe-headed darling child with big blue eyes and my mother would dress me up in dresses until I refused outright in the third grade but in the second grade uh, I had a very hearts and flowers hippie teacher who was art teacher who was very young and I was always consistently sucking up to other art teachers because it was the only class I liked and I was I still don't know why I was standing up to the front of the class I was standing in front of the class with her, and we the assignment was you had to do construction paper collage of your favorite holiday. And so she's showing everybody's, you know, work. And so it's like Christmas, 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 Easter, Christmas, Christmas, Hanukkah, Christmas, Christmas, you know, birthday. And then she gets to mine, and she holds it up, and she says, look, Sarah has done Halloween. And there's all the ghosts coming up from the graves. Isn't that scary? And I tugged on her sleeve, and she bent down, and I said, you should never... Be afraid of the dead. You should only be afraid of the living. <laughs> <laughs> and oh our, our whole relationship changed after that. <laughs> I'm sorry, how old were you again? Eight. Eight? <laughs> you had so much insight into human nature as an eight-year-old. Wow, that was very profound. <laughs> I honestly, it was it was an honest mistake. I'd heard my grandmother say that a million times. I thought I was making adult conversation. <laughs> I, oh, it's just that some of the teachers started calling me Wednesday Adams the next Wednesday year. Wednesday Adams. Oh wow. I think I think one of my next projects that I want to work on. Which I got inspired at Dragon Con uh, when someone was suggesting a Wonder Woman for all season. Um, I, I want to do a series of Wednesday Adams drawings of Wednesday for all seasons. Yes. And it's just like a little character of her in the center of whatever else. You know, standing still, possibly with an umbrella if it's sunny. Yes. Yeah. You know, it's funny. I When I used to do... I, this is crazy. I used to do art restoration, like professional art restoration... Which is hilarious because I have I have zero I have zero uh, schooling as far as college is concerned. Like I was in a art program in a community college and I got chucked out after a semester and a half. Okay, so just I don't I don't have any schooling. Um, <clears throat> but I ended up in a job where I was doing art restoration, like professional art restoration. We were working on like really old pieces, and I was expected not to screw them up. And uh, we used to do castings of the four seasons that was incredibly common oh yeah uh it was incredibly common set of sculptures large sculptures to have on your property yeah for you know if you have a bougie garden or whatever and i always wanted to do four seasons of something just insane yeah like a bear or yes you know i i at one point was working on a collection of gnomes for all seasons yeah um i like sets of four yeah which is weird because I usually like prime numbers, but I really like a set of four. That's okay. It's it's cardinal. It's true. Yeah. Okay. So. Um, so yeah, what are we doing now? Like, uh, I I feel like we could talk about Dragon Con. Yes. Because Dragon Con is a massive sci-fi fan convention in Atlanta. 
Um, which at this point, I think going to Dragon Con as a spectator, you have to really enjoy seeing lots of people and standing in lines. Yes. Because that seems to be about all you like, that's three quarters of the experience is standing in line. Yeah. Um, but anyway, uh, Sarah Marks has a booth at Dragon Con in the Pop Artists Alley. And I do. It is, it is intense. I was there for parts of it this year. That that show is very intense. And I, I'd go as far as to say it's like the East Coast version of San Diego Comic Con. That's the popularity of it. There's tens yeah. and tens and tens and tens of thousands of people uh, crowded into is now spread across five hotels and the merchandise mart. Yeah. Uh, and it ties up traffic horribly for the entire Labor Day weekend. Um, but it is... <clears throat> it's really sort of a penultimate artist experience of having a booth, being exposed yeah. to that many people uh, and people who are willing to actually engage you uh, because these are nerds. So they yeah. love, they love to talk about art and how it affects them. And, and, and if you're, if you're taking a character and modifying it or whatever, uh, it's fantastic. And um, so yeah, Dragon Con. If you don't, if you've never been to Dragon Con, I heartily recommend it. Uh, be emotionally prepared for it, though. <laughs> uh, yeah, uh, I I say I was there for parts of it. Um, I was supposed to be helping Sarah at her booth, and I was there Friday, um, and I was there Saturday, and then Sunday I woke up early and thought, I'm kind of tired. I could sleep for like another hour. Um, and then I woke up again at 5.30 in the evening when Sarah called to make sure I wasn't dead. Um, I'm glad you weren't dead. But... Yeah, I, I I was dead to the world, but I, I'm sorry I made you worry about me. <laughs> it's not a problem. I'm yeah. sorry I didn't worry about you earlier than 5 o'clock in the afternoon because I was so busy. No, I... I totally understand. And you were giving art to John Barrowman and I did, the I did day give before. art to John Barrowman and um and uh, Walter Koenig from who's Chekhov from Star Trek signed a piece of my art and I gave it to him and he he liked it. So very excited about that. Yes. The Wait, of... did you give him the one that he already signed? No, I had a spare. Okay. Yes. So I, I wait to see if somebody because I, I have given art to famous people before uh and i i was very bad at it so <laughs> sarah's there with me to sort of shore me up and make sure she didn't run away make sure i didn't run i i ran i famously ran from will wheaton once which is what who runs from will wheaton i don't know uh, me yeah. i did that you, you threw plates at him and then ran away and then ran away and he's like hey can i have your business card i never i just didn't even turn around i just like ran and then apparently he went home i gave him dishes and he went home and he put him in the cabinet. And he didn't tell his wife. And then Thanksgiving rolls around and she goes on Twitter and it's like, does anybody know who, why these dishes are in my cabinet? And then all these people are tweeting me. They're like, oh, you're getting the wheat and bump. You're getting the wheat and bump. Oh, so I was like, that's awesome. That was fun. Yeah. Someday I will have a wheat and bump. I think everybody's going to make it happen. Yeah. <laughs> I'm waiting for the Barrowman bump. Yeah. So, I, so I'm hoping he just like goes and sticks, sticks the platter somewhere outside and then he goes to serve like. I don't know, cheese or whatever. And it's like, hey, yeah. look at this. Yeah. 
So, and see. the dishes in question are uh, melamine plates, the like really dense plastic stuff that is indestructible. And the artwork on them is like uh, blue willow style, but all of the things instead of, you know, pastor pastoral farmland, it's like Doctor Who stuff or Star Trek or... Star Wars. Star Wars. No, you don't have a Star Trek. You have a Star Wars. I said Star Wars. I should have a, a Star Trek. And a Firefly. And a Firefly. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I, you know what's funny is those dishes, I, I'm, a, I'm, one of the things I do is ceramic. I love ceramics. I love throwing pottery and hand building and all that. And I thought that I could make dishes and walk around with them. And that just wasn't going to happen because... I drop them all the time. They're ghastly heavy. I have too many designs. It just wasn't practical. And right around the time that I was making that decision, I found the, I don't know, this is <clears throat> might be something specific to people my age, but I found the plates that I did in when I was in first grade where they give you the piece of paper and you draw with the four markers and send it away and it comes back. And I found them and they looked like they were brand new. And I thought, well, I wonder if this company's still in business. They are. They absolutely are in business and I use them. <laughs> Awesome. And what is this company? Oh, it's called Make It. Oh, yeah. M-A-K-I-T. So they still do one-offs or they do wholesale. And they did not pay me to say that. I just am a really big fan. Yeah. Um, and you, Laura, have been doing pop-ups at, like, fancy home stores. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I try to do... Selling art is the hardest thing to do. It's very easy to make art. Yeah. And... I feel like, as an introvert, on top of that, selling is just practically impossible for me. And so I used to, I not used to, I've only been doing this for half a year, really. I know, and you're... And it's just taken off. Really doing unbelievably. well. Unbelievably. Yeah. yeah. Um, I, I, I take the scraps from our sawmill. And I make stuff with it. Mm -hmm. And so I was doing these festivals and I was just making enough to cover my booth fees, but not to cover my time or materials or anything like that. And someone, very kind person, told me, well, just contact shops that you'd like to see your stuff in and see if they'd let you have a pop-up. And there are some really great companies that partner with local makers who do small batch and handmade things. And so I sell at pop-up events, basically. Yes. And you kick ass at it. You really do. Everybody loves yeah. your stuff. I, I like my stuff, too. Yeah. It's my taste. And I was concerned that, you know, since I, I only make things for myself. I basically, that's all I do. I don't really think about would people like it. I, I start out with the thing that I make and I like it. And then when things become popular, I think of how I can make it better. Yeah. And I think that's the way to go. Uh, you know, writers will talk about writing to market. I think artists, I don't know if there's yeah. a term for creating for market. But yeah. it doesn't have the same spark as no. an artist who makes the things that they love i and don't yeah if i don't care about it or i don't know about it i'm then it's just a it, thing. it's just flat i don't think i just don't think i do my best work yeah um, it lacks soul yeah 
There's there is some some spark that can be identified. It is ineffable. Right. You don't know what it is, but you know it's there. Right. Um, and being on being in love with your own artwork is so great. Like, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So I've only recently started doing the fine art with with my mixed media sculptures. And the fact that they're coming out exactly how I pictured them and envisioned them. Oh, that's so good. Is yeah. such a lady boner yeah. that I just I swear <laughs> to God, it's the greatest thing is yeah. when you're making something and it just you know, because I'm used yeah. to with the woodwork, you screw things up, you have to sand things, you got yeah. you know, I'm used to making mistakes and I'm used to disliking things that I make after after I'm looking at the finished piece, but for me, it's um, it's when I get an idea of like, I want this, and I think if I do this and this and this, then when I'm done, it'll work. And every once in a while, like it's getting more, it's getting more frequent, which is kind of awesome. But when it works out exactly the way I thought it would, yeah, it's so good. Yes, it's like the planets have aligned or something. Yeah. But what's really neat about your work, saw, thank you, as <laughs> a, yes. um, is you do these beautiful art jewelry pieces of resin and wood, and I mean when you're making them, it's pretty much a mystery how it'll end up yeah. because of the way you make it. Yeah, if you could talk about your process with that a little. The the resin and wood stuff, a lot of it. Um, and right now on my Instagram, I have a couple process shots of some things I'm working on and, you know, they look like blocks of shit for most of the process because the, the more abstract ones are literally just chunks of wood and resin. And then once it's one fused, you know, cured hardened piece, that's when you start cutting it up and looking for the good lines and the good colors and, you know, sort of mining the gems out of this thing that you've made and it's it's really cool because and, and sanding it you sand yeah. it you sand stuff until it's sexy yeah you yeah, sand I stuff do. until it's sexy um and i i definitely you can see it because like a, a big sanding day i have a one inch belt sander um which is one of the little ones that people will use for like like knife hobbyists will use them um, but it's really good for jewelry as well. And I, I will just come in literally covered in dust. And um, I don't really like to think about how many times it took before I would consistently remember to dust myself off before removing my dust mask. Because <laughs> under the mat, like I work outside because it's gross. Um, but then I'm, we're in Georgia, so it's hot as hell. And so like, I'm all sweaty under my dust mask and like, I just like, uh, um, and yeah, like taking off the dust mask, patting down your clothes and then realizing you have a beard of sawdust stuck to your face is not fun. You know what I started doing? I started buying small plastic tarps for painting and then just cutting a head hole out of it. Oh, nice. That's or you could just get a poncho, a rain poncho. That's right, not that a worked. bad idea. I had I had been considering a Tyvek suit. Yeah, that'll work too. I yeah. love those things. I can't. I have very long dreadlocks that go down to my knees, 
So that prevents me from, I don't think I... That is not hyperbole. The neck, they no, literally yeah, go they, down to her knees. Yeah. So I have, like, I feel like it wouldn't fit through the neck hole. Right. I, I feel like I might get I choked out with the Tyvek suit. Yeah. If you piled it up on top of your head... And then just sort of like well the time well, the time yeah. got the doesn't well, it have the, the hood I was oh, thinking yeah. of wanting the uh, hood yeah. I could wear my swim cap yes you can my dreadlock swim cap I love that thing that makes you look a little bit like Marge Simpson because it's Marge blue. Simpson slash alien <laughs> the, I like to think of the blue alien from the Fifth Element okay the yeah. opera singing You're alien the diva. right yeah but yeah um yeah that would be awesome. I don't know. I've been trying to figure out a way to sort of cover myself so that I can get the dust off easily. That's but, why I started doing the when yeah. I started noticing that it was getting it was sticking and I couldn't yeah. de-dust myself in an easy fashion. So I started with just wearing ponchos. Well, yeah. there is also a tool for this. Oh, okay. What is so it? an air compressor? Oh yeah. yeah. You know, I which, get a little which I own. Oh, I own, then you're like I have a little know. pancake. Yeah. Um, I think it's in my house. I should really get an air compressor. They're yeah, great you tools. They're fabulous. You get pneumatic tools, and um, I've got a whole collection of pneumatic tools. I've got a sander, um, a regular. You could sandblast or... with a. Can you, you sandblast? I feel like that would have to be another tool. Like yes, yeah. you use an air compressor, right? But you also have to have something that would connected to a hose that would blow the sand, right? Yeah. So I, I know, know how to do the back because the I found out that the back backing for what they is just rubber. They're sheets of rubber. Okay, cool. I found that out quite by accident. I was like, oh, I can make I can make rubber sheets. That's not a big deal. I work with rubber all the time. So backing for what? When you sandblast something so that you don't sandblast whatever's behind what you're sandblasting, oh, they have yeah. rubber containers. Interesting. So it just bounces off, doesn't? Mm. But. Yeah, I, I I like hanging out with the two of you um, because your art styles are very different. Um, Sarah Marks tends to be weird and adorable. And Laura, you do like really beautiful high-end stuff. Yes. And like, I feel like I'm constantly torn between those two impulses. <laughs> and so you both inspire me depending on what I happen to feel like doing at the moment well thank you well yeah thanks a lot it's... i'm sorry we were talking earlier about how compliments make them uncomfortable and right. now i'm complimenting them and right mm, so yeah yes, we're just they're both hiding the their heads under we get cringy. We get cringy. Okay. oh my god just smile and say thank you hey. thank you <laughs> sorry thank you. <laughs> no, no, <it's> <laughs> like the most pathetic thing <laughs> Um, Although, to be fair, we were discussing this too, uh, I don't actually mind people complimenting my art because that's an external thing. Yeah. Yes. That so. is outside of us. Right. But it's still awkward <laughs> to take I, a compliment. Yeah. I, I, I don't know. It's I grew up in the Midwest and my people, quote unquote, are the type where, you know... My grandma would serve us coffee, but she'd say, well, I know I don't have the best coffee, you guys, but if you want some, here you go. Yeah. And of course, it's delicious and wonderful and the most perfect hot coffee you've ever had, but it has to be prefaced by, this is probably shit. Yeah. So, 
See, that's hilarious because my father was a raging narcissist and eccentric. And he would say he pretty much daily that he was a genius and all ideas that flowed from him were the best ideas. And he could have been president. And uh, he was obsessed with Napoleon, too. Interesting. Yeah. So... So that's how you turned out. <coughs> that's you right. You just overcorrected. Yeah, well, yeah. I tried to overcorrect. I don't know that I did. You definitely overcorrected. He used to wear, he had this outfit where it was like a Pakistani coat, and he put all of his medals on it that were a mix of medals that he genuinely earned while in combat in Korea, and then other stuff like, I've been to the Sacramento Railroad Museum, and, and <laughs> then he wore like this pith helmet like this british indian officer pith helmet with a little point on top and he would like wear that to the grocery store but i had this show i had a gallery show um it was a dia de las muertas show that i was in and i remember saying dad they you know they said we can come in costume do you want to come in co-? no, I don't, no i'm not coming in costume i don't want to look like an idiot and so he wore that outfit to the show because that's not a costume right because no, that's not a yeah, costume because he wears way. that every day yeah and so I sat him up front because, you know, he was older at the time and his legs were getting tired. And so all these hipster dudes were coming in and stopping us going, where did you get this outfit? <laughs> they loved him. Oh, yeah. They loved him. I like, Every time you describe him, I remember the, um, I can't remember his name, but the, the guy in the Tennessee Tuxedo cartoons. Um, did you watch Tennessee Tuxedo? I did, Lee? but I'm not sure who you're talking about. Well, it was like they would do Tennessee Tuxedo and then they would do the, he was the English safari guy with the big mustache and he was always telling about yes. his heroic adventures that he okay. completely screwed up and somebody else had to save him. Yes. Yeah. Yes. I'm with okay. you on that. Uh, inter- I had somebody else describe him as a, a Vonnegut character. Oh, yeah. That too. too. Internet people uh, will look that up and put it in the show notes. So, you know. Right. Make no mistake. Yeah. I probably got that rubber thing wrong when we're talking about sandblasting. I'm sure we're going to hear about that. <laughs> please do. Actually, right, please yes. let us know. Yeah. Yeah. Because all we are is curious. Yeah. And yes. want to learn about how to do things, how right. to do it better. Right. So. And if we're using a tool incorrectly and we're about to kill ourselves, please let us know. Yeah. Because um, I think most of us are largely self-taught in yeah. most, yes. like the things that we do. Like uh, most of my artwork starts with, I bet I could do that. And then yeah. I keep doing shit until I do. See, I remember I remember a moment where I realized if I wanted to make the kind of art that I wanted to make, I was going to need to learn to do a lot of things. Yeah. And it was I was 7 years old. I was um on Pier 36 in San Francisco and there was a gift shop and it had this big wizard doll that had a giant he was on a neon cloud and then the the rainbow was behind him in neon and he had a big magic glitter wand and i i just stared at that thing and i thought i want i want this yes but i can't afford it and so i'm gonna have to make it and so what do i need to know to make this thing i need to know how to make his face how to sculpt it i need to know how to sew i need to know how to make neon and, and the wood base. And I just thought, okay, well, I need to go learn how to do all those things. That's amazing. That's very intuitive Yeah. for, for that age. Because I know I would not think of things like that. Yeah. I was on my own a lot. Yeah. <laughs> I think I... Part of my father's a jeweler. 
and my mother's mm -hmm. a scientist. So I had the, um, what do I even, what word is this? Like the STEM type interest. Okay, yeah. For, and also the creative interest. Yeah. And so anytime I was, I didn't know what to do or how to do something, I was able to go to one or the other and ask them for that help. But I was never intuitive enough to just look at a piece as a young person and wonder how I do it. Nowadays I do that. Yeah. But, but back then, that's very intuitive. I like looking at other people's art that I'm not interested in doing because I can just enjoy it and not dissect it. Oh, I can't not dissect it. <clears throat> I don't I, think I can not even dissect if I it don't look, Even if I don't like it, it, I love it, I hate it. I'm sitting yeah. there going, how the hell did that how, happen? How did, that, how did they make that? I, I don't know. I guess there are some things that I can just look at and not try to figure out. And, but obviously most of them... I like I like to see behind the I used to work in theater so I I think in terms of behind the scenes. And um, I was just about to say that because we will watch a show, a production and you'll be talking about how they did all the lighting yeah. or or what tools they used or or tricks or, yeah. or you know behind the curtain type magic that happens. Yeah, because I, I love it. I, I worked, uh, I studied technical theater um, and worked at the Alliance Theater in Atlanta as a carpenter. And it was one of the best, it was like the best and the worst job ever because there were times where it was just insane. Pressure, high pressure, I imagine. Yeah. And, um, but it was just, it was so cool to be able to see the stuff and make the stuff. And I don't know, I loved it. Um, and amazingly enough, one of my proudest photographs of something that I did is something that nobody ever saw because it was the back of a set of flats that I, they were like 16 foot tall flats. What's a um, flat? A flat is the, the wall sections. Okay. So if you're building a fake room or in this case, it was a fake building because the front side had brick um, uh, uh, the pressed brick plastic sheets. Yeah. Facade. Facade, yes. Um, so it looked like a big brick wall with ivy on it. Um, but for some reason, I ended up building all of the base flats for that, which was uncommon because, you know, we were a small shop, but a lot of, you know, if it was a dozen of these things, more than one people would, person would work on it. But in this case, it happened to be all me. And from the back... Every single support um, support piece lined up perfectly. So, like, each one was exactly the same. And they looked <laughs> so cool together from the back. <laughs> and they look good from the front, too. But that's but not what made me proud. No, yes. Yeah. yeah, what made me proud the is that... was shown I, in the back. Yes. I did a good job on those. Yes. So... Yeah, and I know your of your skill personally because I called her to say, "Hey, the night before Dragon Con, can you please come over and help me finish my giant devil head archway that people can walk under?" And she did. Yeah, she nailed it. It didn't need much. You've done all the work. I hadn't done enough. It didn't. It didn't close properly. 
Well, that's that's an engineering issue that yes. we can we can resolve that. Yeah. After I glitter it. Yes. Sarah uses lots of glitter. I do. I enjoy I enjoy just the lowest brow craft products. Just I my stuff is covered in glitter and I'm I'm really in a pom-pom phase right now. Yeah, well, let's just talk about how the group chat got really excited. When Sarah posted a picture of all the googly eyes available at Joanne, that yes. was so we we do have a we are genuine friends. Yes, and we have a group chat that's accessed daily, and we all went a little insane for the for the Halloween themed googly eyes. Yeah, because yeah. they were like six inch googly eyes, and they had snake ones and like bloodshot ones, and then um, there were also like the three and four inch ones. And yeah, I love yeah. I love the big. Like yeah, the four inch, five inch ones. Now, yeah. those are for Googling your car or whatever. Right. Like how many projects start by finding something, something awesome yep. and needing to build an art project around it. Yeah. So what do you I could do with this? said awesome object? Yes. Like this. Yeah. Hunk of wood that you got. Yeah. 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 Somebody was discarding this piece of wood that they had shaped into this giant potato it was like it's a piece of redwood and they drilled holes into it and they were gonna do something with it i don't know but then they didn't uh want to mess with it anymore and i was like hey you know what if you're gonna chuck that i'll take that off your hands so i'm gonna do something with that because it's it's amazing based on the holes it was gonna be like a candle holder if they were gonna make a thing with it instead of art she's more i think it was more art i don't think it was a thing because she doesn't she usually does just straight up wood art Okay. Sculptures, and she's very has a very mid century modern eye, okay. and she's very talented. Oh, is it Laura? Yeah. Okay. Yeah, another Laura, totally different yeah. Laura. Oh yeah, not you. Not you. Yeah. If we got her here, then we'd have two woodworking Lauras. Yeah. Although she, uh, the other Laura plays bass, so. Yeah. All right. That would be distinguishing. Okay, so I feel like we've talked for a good bit of time. Um, what we're going to do is at the end of our podcasts, we are going to ask everybody, all of our guests, the same five questions. And so I think we should answer them too. Um, and so five questions. Question number one, what is your favorite or your most used tool? A uh, drill. I love a drill. Yeah. Uh, when my father was living with me, I had dementia, and uh, he would sometimes forget people's names, and he started referring to me as the daughter who frequently uses a drill. And I was okay with that. Yeah. I am mostly using my CNC machine right now. Okay. Which is totally sexy. It's pretty badass. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's yeah. a pretty badass MFR. And I... I am tempted to say my hammer because I really love a good solid hammer. Um, and in fact, someday I want to make a t-shirt with a picture of a hammer on it that says the original multi-tool. Um, Cause you can do a lot more with a hammer than just hit shit with it. Oh yeah, you can. I just um, saw a <clears throat> product online in a viral GIF or whatever, uh-huh. but it's the most genius thing. And I don't know why anyone didn't do this with a hammer beforehand and it has a slot that you put your nail in 
So your first swing lands your nail into yeah. the wood. Yeah. And then you can keep swinging. So you don't have to sit there and hope, pray that you don't smash your hands up when you're doing your first swings. Yep. It's quite a tool. Cool. But, but, I'm not going to say hammer, even though I love hammers. Um, and I spray paint them pink so that everyone knows that they're mine. Um, my favorite is my button press. That's fine. Because button presses are good. It's, it is such a well-built solid sexy machine yeah like if you've never used one um find me at an event where i have mine and i will let you chunk your own buttons um but they are they're just so nice and they're they're heavy like they're made out of yeah. steel you could totally kill somebody with it yeah, yeah it's i weighed it one time because i had two presses in a bag and i was like jesus christ how much does this weigh and they weigh like 15 pounds yeah um so yeah, my button press. Um, it's made by I think it's pronounced Tecre. I don't know T E C R E. Uh, I plug them all the time. I should probably contact them and see if they will sponsor us. Um, I like American Button Maker too. Again, okay. not sponsored by them. I just I, that's what my button maker is. And yeah, really good. Um, okay, so yeah. Uh, question number two: What is your best injury story? I'm gonna let you take that. Okay. Well, I'm very proud of myself for continuing to have a head attached to my body. Yeah. Due and to really long hair. Due to the length of my hair, I am lucky that it hasn't popped off like a coconut in some industrial accident. Yeah. So I, my best injury story is that I've never been seriously injured. Very How about nice. that? That works. Or it could be like an epic fail moment. Like, have you ever done something that has just failed catastrophically immediately? Yes. Yeah. Um, who hasn't? Yeah. Uh, my worst fail is our CNC machine while I'm still learning. Um, you have to set limits for <laughs> how hot, how low it'll drill. Yeah. And, you know, sometimes if you forget to set your limits, yeah, all of a sudden you're drilling through yeah. your CNC machine. And you can actually kill your own CNC machine by drilling through into the tracks, which I very narrowly missed. So that's that is useful story. information. Yes. You'd think they would have some sort of they do. default. They do. Okay. And, you know, I was being clever. Yeah. And I turned off the soft limits that's what okay. they call it a soft limit all right and you know because i'm smarter than this yeah. machine obviously whatever <laughs> yeah i turned off that setting and almost ruined everything so there we go all right well congratulations for catching that thanks mm -hmm. <clears throat> i was uh, this happened actually in january i was helping my friend brian bland hi brian hi brian we were uh restoring a victrola and we had taken the base plate off, the turntable off. And I even said, nobody stick their hand in that hole while the spindle is spinning. Because there's quite a lot of torque in the hand-cracked Victrolas. And I knew uh, that that would cause quite a lot of injury. And Brian had stopped it with his fingers while I was turned around. So when I turned around, I thought... It had stopped spinning. So I stuck my finger in the hole. <laughs> and uh, right about the time it started up again, and uh, I had a post that was probably about a 
sixteenth of an inch go through my nail bed and rip out the top tip of my finger. Ugh. So Brian tried to glue it back together. We yeah, weren't, we weren't successful. I had to, I had to go to the ER for that. I am but, glad you went to the ER for that. Right, cause... and actually, my my finger's pretty much like new. It, my nail, my nails grown a little funny, but it, yeah, it's fine. It's a good story. It'll grow out. Yeah, yeah. Uh, finger. I guess, I guess probably my most epic injury story is when I cut my finger and had to miss work for three days, um, because I wasn't even at work. Uh, it was while I was working as a carpenter. And I was at home and I was cutting a zip tie with a box knife, which um, you really shouldn't do. And I know that you shouldn't do it because when you get through the hard plastic, it tends to snap really fast. Yep. And I stabbed myself like right in the um, second joint of my right index finger. Any nerve damage with that? Yeah. Um... I, uh, I had just put my son to bed and so I didn't want to go to the hospital. And so I got the bleeding to stop and was like, okay, the bleeding stopped. It's bad cut, but I should be fine. Um, and then the next day I was, uh, I was still in school at the time when I worked at the Alliance, uh, two days a week, I would go in at lunchtime because I had morning classes um, and so I, I was on campus and I took a midterm, um, and I was tired, but you know, not like overly concerned. I was just tired. I'm always tired in the morning. Um, and then I, I, on my way out, I did something and like stretched my hand open all the way. And I felt a pop where I had cut my finger and within a minute or two, I had a fever of 104 degrees because it had gotten infected and I'm still not sure what happened, but the infection just like went wild in my body. And so I had to go to the emergency room and they gave me a tetanus shot and a bunch of antibiotics and um, I had to stay home from work because I had a really high fever for three days. And somebody tried to call me at work once or twice in that period. And my boss who is oh so kind and understanding said, yeah, she's not here cause she cut her finger. So that, I, I have think to that's say, my most epic story. I have to say, I, I always, my tetanus shot is always up to date just yeah. because of the injury, the amount of injuries that I sustain. Yeah. I, I have found that people who do stuff, like make things generally yes. know when their last tetanus shot. Right. Was. I, I call, I call my nurse's office more often to say, do I have my tetanus shot up to date? Then yeah. I, then I go in to have one. Yeah. So but yeah, that, that finger, um, has some nerve damage and, uh, doesn't bend all the way to this day. Mm. And that was less than 20 years ago, but not much less than. Ago. Do you remember when your last time to shot one? Um, yes, it was when I cut my leg. Um, I think it's been five years. Uh, I was mortising the hinge joints in a new door and the chisel slipped and I had to go to the emergency room because I had a three inch gash on my shin. Chisels are my natural enemy in the wild. A year ago at my birthday, I uh, was prying molding off my hallway and uh, just put a big rusty nail right through my hand. Yep, I remember yep. that. 
Okay. Um, so question number three, what's your ideal working playlist? What do you like to listen to? Wow. I, my problem is I ha I can't have songs that I know very well on my playlist or else I'll sing along, get distracted and mess something up. Oh, see, I sing That's all the classic. time when I'm working. You see, I, well, I get into it. Yeah. And, you okay. know, I hold screwdrivers like mirrors or like microphones. And, you oh, know, okay. I just yeah. go all out. So I try to put on like a, a Spotify playlist of something I've never heard before or okay. new artists and that kind of thing, which is actually quite fun. It's a fun game to play. Huh. It sounds fun. I put my iPod or my iTunes on my phone on shuffle um, and just listen to everything all at once, which has led to some really interesting mashups. Um, the best was Dead Kennedy's California Uberalis, followed by Let It Snow from the Phineas and Ferb Christmas special, which starts out, la, 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 la. So I got Jello Biafra followed by Sweetness <laughs> and Light. And my son and I just laughed for like five minutes. I had a, I was listening, I was listening to one of my mixes and um, the Ink Spots, or I'm sorry, it's, I know it was Ella Fitzgerald singing Cow Cow Boogie. Okay. And, and then Devo, Just the Girl You Want came on right after it and I was like, oh no, this is a good combo. Yeah. <laughs> That's a good combo. Yeah. But I don't usually, I, I listen to specific music. I just listen to music in general if I'm making art. But if I'm if I'm crushing to do something like Dragon Con prep or mm -hmm. any festival prep, I put on angry high school music. Yeah. Which is Violent Femmes, Dead Kennedys, Joe Jackson. Yeah. He's angry. Joe yeah, Jackson is. is angry. Oddly enough, one of the things that I listen to when I'm when I need a jolt is um Pop Goes the World by uh Men Without Hats? I remember that song. Yeah. The guys who did Safety Dance. I, I, their I other single that, was I liked that song better. Yeah, actually. I did too. I remember, the, I remember the video. It had a baby in it. Yeah. Wow, I haven't thought about that song in a really long time. I freaking love it. Um, but yeah, my, my playlists are like old music and weird retro I listen to I listen and, to new stuff too yeah I just but if I'm crushing yeah to get to churn stuff out I have to listen to something specific yeah honestly if I am in super turbo work mode I will put on like old British mysteries on Netflix and just let them play because I don't have to pay yeah. attention to them Actually, and they're just sort of soothing and yeah right so okay so in that vein if I'm working to work um, to make sacred art, I watch James Burke's Connections, which is a 70s show about inventions that connect to other inventions and how they end up in an invention that didn't start anywhere close to what somebody was trying to do. Oh, and I love awesome. that show. Really yeah. interesting. Yeah. Oh, yeah. It, it was playing when you guys that's came what, over. Oh, that's okay. that weird thing that was... Okay, interesting. All it's right. amazing. It's an amazing show. If you're an artist, if you're an inventor, if you like science or history, it covers all of that. Yeah. Um, it's a great, great show. Okay. Awesome. Well, I'll check it out. 
Um, all right, question number four. What is your most memorable uh, jerk-splaining moment? We won't gender this because no, no. anyone can be a jerk. I yeah. uh, nearly beat down a guy at Home Depot because I was looking for a piece of wood that didn't have a twist in it. I didn't care if it cupped or bowed, but I did, it couldn't twist. And I was looking down the line to see, and he stopped way too close to my personal space and said, you know, trees don't grow straight, girly. <laughs> Which is just... And I just... I oh. feel like I would gut a person for calling me girly. Yeah. Oh, there's no... There's, clean there's, in this there's space. no... Yeah. There's no time or space or place. Yeah. It's like... That calling an adult woman girly is ever acceptable. I... Right. Was this in the past, like, 40 years that this happened? Were you a child? Were you, like, eight years old? No, or... this, happened, this, happened about, this happened about eight years ago. Yeah. And, and I mean, I was I was just fresh out of the roller derby. And I could have just you dropped could've, him. You could have. Yeah. I could have dropped him and make up an excuse. Yeah. Fucking body check. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I, that's the kind of thing where I would later think to myself yeah and they don't drive in or they don't grow in one by six planks either you jackass right but i would not have thought of it at the time and i would have wished i'd said it to him um yeah mine was also at the hardware store um and it was a silly little thing and there have been so many others but this is the one that got me because apparently um I can take a lot of bullshit, but if you come at me with bad math, I will fucking end you. Like that's my line in the sand is you don't you don't fuck with math. I just it's it, universal language. It's the it riles me up. Language, yes. Um but anyway, I was looking for ten thirty two hardware, which um if you don't know, uh, is a number ten screw with thirty two threads per inch. And it is written as a fraction, ten thirty two, but you say it 1032 and um i i the guy came over and was like can i help you and i said i'm looking for 1032 hardware and he was like oh 1030 seconds and i just kind of smiled and said sure um while inside i was raging no 1030 seconds would be five sixteenths, which is a completely different measurement, you asshole. That's much bigger than what I want. <laughs> but because I was in a hurry and I couldn't actually find it because the hardware section was very poorly organized, I was just like, sure, yeah, I. this is what I need. I'm pretty sure I can find it. Thank you for your help. Mine is... I... I, f I feel like I give enough body language off to keep people from approaching me. <laughs> Man, okay. woman, anybody. If you yeah. ever want to give a class on that, please <laughs> It starts with a lack of eye contact. Yeah. My mom had, we had this hilarious moment. Uh, we were in the same store and she comes up behind me and she followed me for like 10 minutes. And I just thought that there was a weirdo invading my space. <laughs> so I, for that whole 10 minutes, refused to make eye contact until she finally said, Laura, can't you tell someone's right here? It's like, yes. Yeah. I knew someone was there the entire time. I'm trying time, to pretend I'm they're avoiding not. avoiding that human being because yeah. I don't like anyone other than everyone I already know. So, 
But my I, friends list is full. I yeah. do. <laughs> yes, my friend list is full. No new friends like the Obamas. Yeah. Um, <laughs> but I do have many moments where I realize that my work to subvert the patriarchy is definitely failing because of these men that come into my, not my, my own, my family business, which is a sawmill. And their eyes get so big when I pull out a saw to cut something in my own sawmill. Yeah. And I find that incredibly, incredibly frustrating. And you say it's not your own business, but it's you and your brother and you take care of a lot of the business. Well, and so does he. It's, yeah. But I I don't want to just take all the credit like it's all my yeah. business. This is a family Effort. Yeah, I mean, I'm I'm not trying to discount your brother, but like, it's not like he does the boy stuff and you do office stuff. Like, no, that's is... definitely not. Yeah. Has anybody ever tried to explain to you how to use the saw? Like a no. customer. Uh. But I do get incredible. I am a wood expert at this point. Yes, yeah, I can. You are. I can look at a piece of wood and tell you what it is and the properties of it and whether it would be good for something or not good for something else. Yeah. And so I get really frustrated when people try to tell me that a piece of wood isn't the wood I said it was. <laughs> so I'll be like, well, this is poplar. No, it's not. Yes, it is. Yes, it is. This is poplar. No, it's not. It's blah, blah, blah. And after, like, two or three back and forth, I just let them win. Yeah. Because I can't be bothered. And right. Honestly, poplar is fairly distinctive. It's very distinctive. It is extremely distinctive. It's one of the only and woods trying... that's green. And, yeah. Sorry. Yeah. We're both we're getting worked right. up here. We're getting worked yeah. up. <laughs> yeah. It's always about wood. It's always about wood. Yeah. What is the deal? Your thing is wood. My thing is math. It's just, we all have our lines in the sand that you do not cross. Um, okay. And so question number five is what is your superpower? Everyone has a superpower. It's good to know what yours is. I so. can make clowns darling and creepy at the same time. Yes, you can. You can. Very, very. And they're so cute. Right now she has a series of the four clowns of the apocalypse, which are packed full of symbolism and awesomeness, and they are just so freaking adorable. I love them. <laughs> Thank you. My, right, I don't want to be like all humble, like what's my superpower? Um, I feel like my superpower is my ability to pick something up. Anything yeah. I'm curious about, I can learn everything I need to do yeah, in can. order to accomplish that thing. Yeah. And and that's a very good skill that I've I've always had. I say I say my hobby is following my curiosity. Yeah. And and so yeah. That's, and I've, that's my I've witnessed you getting an idea and educating yourself through YouTube videos and executing it amazingly well. So Thank God, Thank, yeah. Yeah. Thank God for YouTube. Yeah. Thank God for YouTube. I fixed my washing machine. Yeah. Like it I, broke, and I was like, oh, well, how do I fix this? Bang, there it is. Fixed, done, done. Yeah. My superpower, I can see into men's souls. <laughs> <laughs> oh, 
what the hell does that mean? It means what it sounds like. I can see into people's souls. Oh, um, man. That's my esoteric superpower. Uh, I think... <laughs> You're sitting here with me. I find this questionable. <laughs> um, my more practical superpower, I think, is the ability to be able to take something apart and then put it back together again. Like, remember what I did and all the steps that I took. It's the same if I get lost. I can, I'm never truly lost because I always know how I got there. And I know I can get back to where I, unless I'm, there are some places where I've been just lost as fuck but those are weird <laughs> typically strange connections of parking lots and i think they actually don't follow all the rules of physics and so they don't count are you suggesting somebody moved a parking lot after you drove over it i am suggesting that i may have been lost in a parking lot <laughs> more than once <laughs> every superpower has a super weakness that's true mine is parking lots okay all right well i right. think that's it for let's us let's wrap this up because i got a hot date yes that's you right. do we're With all single ladies yes we're all single ladies yep. just so everyone knows so you can find us to please please find us and be our friend um <laughs> i will make an exception for no new friends yes for cool people who like tools Cool chicks who like tools, be our friends. Yep. And non-chicks and just cool people, be our friends. Yeah. yeah. Our website is www.babesintooland.wix.com slash home. Okay. This will be changing to something shorter soon. Our Instagram is at babesintooland, and that's the same as our Twitter handle. Okay. Uh, we're going to have to tweet then. Yeah. yeah. That'll we'll happen. get on that. Uh, and we have a Facebook page. We do. Babes um, in Tool Land. Where we, you know, as we progress, we will uh, tell you who our upcoming guests are. So you can submit your own questions. And if we think they're worth asking, we will. Um, <laughs> she, just, she just premises that. Okay. I yeah. mean, we can also give them the option of not knowing how much we hate them. Yeah. But, you know, yeah. how yeah. dumb their idea was, but <laughs> Yeah, you know, I there there could be good questions that we just won't have time for. Yes. Yeah. Yes. Good save. Okay. <laughs> yeah. Um but that is it for our inaugural podcast. Uh subscribe to the podcast, leave us a review. We would love to hear from you in any capacity, and we will see you next time on Babes in Tool Land. Thanks for listening. Bye. Bye.